0: What's up rap stars? Welcome to the rap show with your host, Romeo Santos and co-host Kenny Fulton. How are you today, Kenny?
1: Doing great. Feeling great. It's a great day. Good day to talk about real estate.
0: Every day is a good day to talk about real estate. That's right. That's right. All right. So what are we talking about today, Kenny?
1: Listening to your agent, taking their advice.
0: Ooh, listening to your agent and taking their advice. So this is actually something that's really, really important in the market that we're in right now. And we were actually having this conversation with our team today, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we were saying in that conversation was that we need to make sure that we are not more concerned about maybe telling somebody something they don't want to hear than we are about winning, right? We want to win for our clients. And the only way that you can win at anything in life is if you're totally honest about the environment, about all of the elements Of whatever game it is that you're playing. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: All right. So, what are some of the things that we're seeing where clients are not taking the advice of the agent?
1: Uh, Well, you know, some people, um, you know, you can give them advice and they'll be open and receptive to it, especially if, you know, you already have a good rapport and trust with each other. Um, The advantage of having an agent is, is really also like the number of transactions. So, if you're buying one house a year, and I'm selling 30 houses a year, I've had more opportunities to go through this cycle than you yeah. have if you're, if you're the client. And so um, I think sometimes it just comes a matter of, you know somebody really wants something they wanna buy in this environment, it's very competitive, or they're, look, they're looking to sell in this environment. And um, you know, you've already done it 20, 30 times. And they haven't, so they have all these great thoughts and ideas of how they feel it should be done. Mm. And eventually they'll come around to where you are, but sometimes people choose to go through a little bit of pain before they get there. Like, oh, mm. I get it yes. now, you know? And, yes. and our job is to try to avoid them from having to feel that pain before they reach their goal. So it's like, if we're both in the line on where your goals are from the beginning, it's like, let me help you set the, the game plan on how we're gonna get there best.
0: Exactly right. And you know what? <sighs> I got licensed in 2001 so i've been through a market that's like our market right now where prices continue to go up one after another after another after another at astronomical rates and i remember back that now the difference back then is that everybody was selling their house so inventory wasn't the issue it was your offer was the issue now we're having inventory and your offer whereas before we sped this process up where let's say it might have taken trial and error for a buyer to decide whether or not they were really ready to play the game that needed to be played to win. They could do that in one or two weeks time. What we're finding now though, is that since inventory is so short, it's taking a month, two months before buyers are finally getting it because of the amount of opportunities that they're having to actually write an offer. So why don't we talk about some specifics around what it is that buyers are actually having some trouble getting to a point where they can wrap their head around what it is that we're telling them is going to be necessary to win in this environment. Just throw some things out.
1: Okay, the first I'm going to throw out is um, uh, highest and best. Mm. Uh, so if you watch a lot of HGTV, you know, and things like that, which which we all do, we're all guilty of, uh, of, of watching that. And the reason why I say guilty is because on TV, you know, it's done for entertainment. So those things throw out numbers like, they wanted five. We threw out four fifty. They countered us at uh, seventy five, and you know we settled somewhere in the middle, right? Mm. But that's not the reality of what we're dealing with. You know, Great we point. have low inventory. You know, it's a seller's market. So, um, um, if you're if, if you're a buyer and you have a budget, you might need, really need to look at like how much would I be willing to pay for this house? You know, regardless mm. of what they're asking, you know, what is it really worth to me? And throughout your highest and best offer, there's not gonna be a counter offer. When we're listing houses and we get 15 offers, we're not gonna go back to the 14 people who had lower offers and say, hey, can you throw out something higher?
0: Mm -hmm. We have
1: enough offers that we can evaluate and assure that we can give our sellers their best return. So when you're on the buying end, you wanna make sure that you're making your highest and best offer initially. So that way, if, if you get it, great. But if you don't get it, At least you know that, hey, look, this was the best that I could possibly do. Not still kind of holding something back, thinking you're going to get another opportunity to re-engage the seller.
0: It's a fantastic point. Now, I'm going to throw some caveats out there for everybody listening, both agents and also, of course, consumers. We're not saying to blindly follow any agent down whatever path they're trying to lead you. We're saying follow your trusted real estate professional advisor who's going to consult you through the process and also explain to you why it is that they're saying what they're saying. So example, there's a house that is listed for $400,000 and you love it and you have your agent give the other agent a call and the agent finds out they have five offers in hand. And you say, "Well, I want to offer $425,000." And your agent knowing the market and knowing how things are going, tells you, Kenny, listen, that's not a bad offer. However, it's not an offer most likely that'll get it done for you. Now, I'm not a fortune teller. I can't tell you that it definitely won't get it done, but I can tell you it gives you a lot less opportunity to get it done than what I'm getting ready to tell you. So if I look at the market data, I can tell you that on average, homes in this price range that are in the condition that your home that you're looking at is in are selling on an average of 8 to 10% above asking price. So again, if we're using those numbers and we have $400,000 and we just go on the high side, well, that equates to $440,000. Four twenty-five dollars is not gonna get it done. And then on top of it, it's not just throwing out a high offer because of course we have to come back to things we've talked about in the past, the appraisal. You still also then have to guarantee the seller that somehow, some way you're going to be able to guarantee they get the 440, even if there's an appraisal shortfall. So those are the types of conversations that you should be having with your clients, agents, and the types of conversations that your agents should be having with you consumers. What else, Kenny? What else are we seeing where maybe clients are not fully heeding our advice?
1: Uh, So I'd say, you know, definitely starting with price, but that's obviously not the only thing. Um, Earnest money deposit uh, you know, traditionally 1%, you know, is like the minimum you would want to throw out there for your mm-hmm. offer to be considered. Uh, so just being more aggressive with your earnest money deposit. So like if the four, 400,000 example, I would probably try to go somewhere closer to 2%. on yeah.
0: there.
1: So, uh, an $8,000 earnest money deposit, uh, cause the worst thing is to, is to, Uh, If you're like me, you know, if whenever you don't win uh, a a property, whenever you know you're not the highest offer, you kind of still stalk them, right? And then you, after Mm -hmm. it closes and it's recorded, and you're like, okay, well, what what was the final offer, you know? Right. Then when you see that maybe that final offer was maybe not that much higher than yours, or maybe even lower, then you start to wonder, like, well, what could it have been? And sometimes it could really be that earnest money deposit just. What it, what it does for you as a buyer is it shows your confidence and your ability to close. You yeah. have more skin in the game. It um, also shows that you're a little bit more liquid, right? So, I mean, it, there's so many clues that come behind a strong EMD um, along with all the other parts of the offer. So I'd say, you know, when, when i when we're doing our buyer consultations and I'm explaining what money you need to have upfront and ready right now, sometimes it does kind of come down to like every dollar mm. that they need to have for this transaction. So convincing somebody to put up a 2% earnest money deposit instead of a 1% can sometimes be a challenge, but it is something that you really should strongly consider uh, doing right now, especially if, if your agent is telling you in this environment or in your particular market that you have to be extra competitive. And that's something that ultimately doesn't cost you more is you right. really just, you have a, a larger credit applied at closing. So you bring less towards closing because you're putting up more in advance. So it's, it's an easy way to kind of keep your offer the same, um, uh, you're not spending more money like you are when you are increasing your offer or paying any, any other uh, fees, but you're just giving up more in consideration, uh, when you're presenting your offer to the seller.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the stronger that you can create terms inside of your offer, the better off you're going to be as a buyer, uh, as a buyer's agent. Now there's, there's another element that I think happens often that, that then buyers get a little, um, uh, apprehensive, if you would. And what that is, is I always call, and I know you always call the listing agent and we say, Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Listing agent, you know, tell us what's important to your seller. And they say, well, you know, they still have to find home of choice or they, you know, may, they don't want to have to do a whole lot of repairs. They, you know, want to have the easiest transaction that they can possibly have. Fair. Take advantage of the market in every way that you possibly can. And then I'll go back and I'll say, listen, I spoke to the agent and in that conversation telling me about the terms, they also let me know that they had five offers in hand and that there were some folks that were waiving the inspection. Now, I never say let's waive an inspection. However, there are things that you can do to work around it, right? Some of those things may be a pre-inspection. I've had clients tell me I don't want to spend $500 on an inspection if I don't even know if I'm going to get the house, which is fair. However, $500 to be able to go in non-contingent is a very small fee that you can pay to possibly be the winning offer versus having to go at it again and again and again. Because let's be honest, if we get a month or two months in, and what was the interest rate two months ago? We were in the mid
1: mid to high
0: twos. Okay, and where are we at right now?
1: We're in the mid to high threes.
0: Now, in how many years will it take you to recover that $500? Take me one, month. Oh. one month, right? A couple months at that. So when you're having these conversations, make sure that you're helping them to compare and contrast. And, and buyers out there, definitely make sure that you're listening and ask questions. If somebody tells you something, say, why do you say that? Help me understand how that's a benefit to me. And if you're not already doing that as an agent, you need to start doing that. Having those hard conversations. Now, here's another conversation that we keep having, okay? Third time in, didn't heed all the advice and you made an offer and it got rejected again. Some of the conversations that we're having to start to have with our buyers are, listen, we want you to win, but one of two things has to happen. You either have to lower your standards, which we'd hate to see you do, or you're going to have to find a way to get more aggressive with your offers. But one of those two things have to happen for you to win. Otherwise, we're going to continue to stay on this perpetual treadmill of you not winning offers and seeing the interest rates incrementally increase, costing you more in the long run regardless. Talk to me about how you've been able to navigate around those types of things, Kenny.
1: Mm, Well, I'd say when we're having the conversation, um, I think lowering expectations, even saying the word lowering, you know, starts to hurt a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I'd I'd probably rephrase it as like, maybe um, expanding your options. So if, if you, you know, there's nothing worse than submitting that second offer and then getting rejected, and then now your third one. You know that you're, you know, as a buyer, how demoralizing that is when you get, right. you know, your hopes up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, just expanding, you know, your your search criteria, maybe looking outside of the area. Maybe it is too competitive, you know, to move into this particular community. Maybe we should explore some other communities. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you know uh, um, a home of a different square footage maybe a different room count, if that's an option. I've had people who maybe only one person in the family says having a garage is a deal killer. And the other person Mm -hmm. is like, it's not a deal killer for me. So maybe being like, hey, look, you know, maybe we're not going to be able to find a house that has a garage and that's something you can have, but maybe has the potential for you to add one later on. So I think maybe expanding, you know, your, your options and communicating that, and that's something that we often recommend, you know, as, as agents. Or I'll, I usually try to focus on deal killers. Like, if, yeah. it, if it's not a deal killer, then, then we should be open uh, to, to negotiating this in this environment. And then maybe not be negotiating with the buyers, but sometimes the buyers, if we have more than one decision maker, uh, being able to negotiate with each other. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, this was what we wanted, but right, right now the market may not be presenting that for us, or maybe not presenting it in our price range.
0: Right, right. And I'm going to push back on you just a little bit, but you and I have very different styles, right? I think that what really ultimately helps people to make the necessary actions required to win is some pain. And so I agree with you that saying lower your expectations may cause some pain and they may not want to hear it. Yet, I like to have that hard conversation because at the end of the day, I want to really make sure my motivation matches your motivation. How many buyers are we working with currently? 30 plus? Yeah, easily. 30 plus buyers. We are happy and willing, and we love being able to help our clients find houses. And at the same time, we've got to make sure that we're working with people that are as motivated as we are, because there are other buyers that are motivated. And anytime we spend with folks that may not be as motivated as they need to be to win in the current environment, That means you may be stealing time away from somebody else who truly is. And so we have to look at it from a holistic approach. So no knock on any buyers out there. It's not always the right time. However, honesty, in my opinion, is the best policy. And if we need to push back and cause a little pain in the short term, I'd rather do that than disappoint you in the long term.
1: That's a really good point because it's going to be painful regardless, right? Right. Not getting what you want is uh, is painful as well. And um, yeah, yeah good point.
0: Yeah. All right. So what other things are happening in in the world of real estate that you're noticing that maybe buyers and or sellers are just not always heeding the advice?
1: I mean, i probably say, you know, if we want to introduce sellers into the the conversation, I would probably say uh, um, marketing, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and and more particularly will be our pricing strategy. And, um, you know, everybody knows right now, if they're selling, then they're aware of what the market is and, and their leverage as sellers. Uh, but they might see that the neighbor house sold for 550. Yeah. So like, well, my neighbor's house sold for 550. So let's list it at 550. Mm-hmm. But um, having an agent on your side, you also have information. So yeah. you know, we'll be able to have a conversation to say, okay, they got 550, but maybe it was a different house or it had different features. Let's kind of compare the two houses. Mm-hmm. And if 550 is our goal, we don't necessarily need to price at 550. Because what, what you want to do is you want the, the market and competition to push the price up and right. not, you know, you. So maybe we come in at, you know, uh, uh, 525, 515, yeah. and then we um, open up this property to more search queries. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a buyer out there and you're using your agent's portal or using some other kind of platform, you know, you probably set some parameters on what your budget is. And if a house is like a dollar over that, it's kind of invisible to you. Right. So by pricing aggressively, you're going to expose the house to more potential buyers, get more interest, and then end up in a multiple uh, offer scenario mm. and then let them bid the price up above each other.
0: Absolutely. And that's what we say all the time, right? Let's price it smart and let the market do its job, mm-hmm. right? And that's huge. That's a really big one. Now, have you seen house prices go down on any houses that are listed out there?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. When, you know, if you price it too aggressively, like let's say in that same neighborhood, we were looking at a house that was priced at 575. So, you know, that particular agent was being very aggressive and throwing it out there right now. In this case, they dropped the price after 19 days. Mm -hmm. So they lost almost three weeks on the market just because their pricing strategy was all wrong. So that's at least another mortgage payment that came out of their pocket. And then who, who even knows the chain of events? that have happened because they didn't, they weren't able to go on a contract in a week, like the rest of the houses in the neighborhood right. and how that impacted their ability to buy their next home. Maybe, you know, so, so there, there are a lot of things, you know, yeah. that can go wrong. You know, if you don't get a house so quickly, you don't want to sell it too quick. You want to make sure you give yeah. enough people an opportunity to discover the home and make an offer. Mm. But at the same time, you know, if it's taking 19 days uh, for you to realize that there's a pricing correction that's required. Yeah you know, at this point now that listing has gone cold. Um, now the offers that come in, they're gonna be a lot more aggressive because they're mm-hmm. gonna see like, oh, you're getting desperate. In this environment, right. you're dropping the price. Yep. Either something's wrong with the house or other agents are smelling blood yes. in the water. because like, oh, yes. you messed up, I got you now. That's right. Um, so you're creating the <laughs> exact opposite environment. Um, yeah. and, and, and I'm sure the sellers had something to do with it because they're like, well, they got 550 miles, is right. way better than that, 575, oh, yeah. and then yeah. you get nothing.
0: Well, and that brings us back to again, have the hard conversation. I say it all the time to clients. I would rather disappoint you now than let you down in the future. I'll say it again. I'd rather disappoint you now than let you down in the future. I wanna set realistic expectations. I know what I can do, I know the skill set that I have. I'm not trying to be egotistical here but I'm telling you that I know what it takes to get a home sold and to get it sold for top dollar. So I'd rather you heed my warnings now than have to disappoint you later. Cause if you don't, I'm really the one that's guilty, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really the one that allowed you to imagine your child, right? If you tell your child, no, don't go climb on that. That's dangerous. And the child keeps saying, but I want to, I want to, I want to now buyers and sellers. I'm not calling you all childs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Children. But if you were to do that and then your child falls, hurts himself, breaks an arm or something. Whose fault is it? Parents. It's the parents' fault. Watch that happen. Yeah. It's the parents' fault, right? So we've always got to be sure that we're really having those hard conversations. That's really what the, I think the foundation of this podcast, this episode is about is the hard conversation, but that's exactly right. If you price too high, if you get too aggressive, if you get too greedy and then you have to lower the price. We look for it all the time. When we see that yeah. we go, ha ha ha, gotcha right? We know that now we can go in. Same thing with if you, you know, want to accept an offer too fast. Again, if I call and an agent tells me, oh, we're going to take an offer, the best offer as they come in. Great. Then I'm going to get the best offer I possibly can in as quickly as I possibly can. And I'm going to take advantage of that. We have a strategy where we list on Wednesday, open house Tuesday, uh, sorry, um, Saturday and Sunday, review offers deadline noon on Monday That gives us ample time to generate a lot of buzz and the open house. And that creates anxiety in the buyer. Sorry, buyers out there. This is what happens on the listing side. And then you make your very best offer. But again, back to also pain creates motion. If you don't feel any pain from a potential result, you're not going to be motivated to move. Pain creates that motivation. It creates it in every avenue of our life, right? Why do we get up and go to work? because of the pain of maybe becoming homeless or not being able to pay a bill or getting bad credit or not being able to feed our children. There is pain that we live through every single day, maybe subconsciously, but that's really what is the most motivating factor. in almost everything that we do is the fear of pain, the avoidance of pain, right? Even think about people that don't lose the weight that they want to lose. Why? Because of the pain of not having that chocolate bar, I'm guilty, or going to the gym in the morning at 4am, right? I mean, those are the types of things that keep us from what we really ultimately want. Mm.
1: What, what would you say right now, maybe within the past like two weeks working with a buyer, what, what was a, a scenario where you felt like they just they just weren't getting it? And in some way, this could stop them from reaching their goal of home ownership.
0: Great question. So um, we have a buyer that we're working with that's an amazing couple and they're really struggling to find the house. Now, there's a couple issues. I think you have wife in one um, camp and husband in another camp. And let me explain what I mean by camp. One camp is I want it to be exactly what I want. And I don't want to settle fair. The other camp is I'm a conservative person financially, and I don't want to overspend fair might not be the best market for you. Right? So we get them to a point where they actually have some extra capital and they're willing to now go above and beyond the appraised value, which is awesome that puts you in a lot better position. So they're coming along, right? Yet there was a small thing that we learned about the property that it didn't have. And so as a result, they made a, a a mental calculation of a $10,000 adjustment. Okay. $10,000 South. Well, that hurts your chances significantly. Even if we know that the cost to remedy what you're concerned about, either a may not be immediately needed and two may be nowhere near that expense that you're considering, and even still you choose to make that adjustment down, you've just hurt your chances significantly. And ultimately the result for this wonderful couple is that they didn't win the house and this is house number three, right? So like we're really concerned for them because all we know is that at the beginning when they first got pre-approved, interest rates were about 275. Now they're 3.125. It's a big difference. It's affected their affordability by about $40,000.
1: Wow. wow.
0: That's a big number. Yeah. Big, big number.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's an, that's uh, um, something I like to do when I'm coaching my clients is to show them the difference that an interest rate can have on the impact of the, the lifelong, yeah. of, uh, lifelong interest of the loan. For example, I um, had a client, their budget was in the a uh, high 500,000 range. Mm-hmm. And the difference in interest rates between when they started to now, when they're finally kind of ready, um, was, is 1%. Whew. And that, that payment ultimately over the life of the loan is going to cost them about $140,000 more Wow!
0: Interest.
1: over 30 years. Should they stand in up the, in the home or the loan that long? Right.
0: Say the so, number again. So everybody can hear it.
1: One hundred forty thousand.
0: One hundred and forty thousand dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Of
1: interest, right? Just so, interest. Yep. So when we look at you know maybe offering thirty thousand, forty thousand over asking, um, you know you're going to make that back up with getting you know a better interest rate the earlier that you buy in the process. Point. And even though now it's almost kind of like uh, like Bitcoin, right? <laughs> Anybody who's into uh, those kind of things, I remember. Bitcoin was at, uh, it was in the, when I first heard about it, I don't know, it was probably less than like five bucks. Yeah. Then um, when I was thinking about making the decision, it was at $40 and I I was thinking about it. I was like, nah, you know, I don't, I don't really know. You know, people really didn't know, like, how do you get your money back? Like, what is Mm -hmm. this thing? It's cryptocurrency. Right. Then when it went to $300, I was like, you know what? Well, I've already missed out at this point. I mean, it's already at 300 bucks, you know. I was slow to make a decision. I missed out. Yeah. And then I started thinking like, you know what? Well, I'm just not going to do it. And now it's at you know sixty five thousand dollars for for one big. Wow. So even in this environment <laughs> where we say rates were in the twos and now they're in the threes, don't think that now's not still a great time to buy. Right. As when the market truly corrects itself, rates will be back in the fives and maybe even in the in the sixes if our economy is doing really great at some point. Right. Yeah. So. And, then when, and the reason why I like to use that Bitcoin uh, scenario is because you think about an opportunity loss. So you think about, well, I could have made $64,000, right? Well, at the same ter- term, you could I could be saving $64,000 in interest buying in 2021 as opposed to buying in 2022. Yeah. So making a more aggressive offer, it might feel like it's more money, but ultimately what you're going to save in the long run will... Severely outweigh, and that, we're just talking about interest. We're not even talking about the appreciation of the home, mm. uh, the the enjoyment of owning that home, and the yeah. luxury of buying a home right now, and and the tax implications. There are a lot of other ways that you're going to save money. So, uh, being aggressive with your offer, you know, uh, it's our role as as your agent uh, to make sure that you also don't overpay on a house. Yeah. We recently closed on a property for an offer that was fifteen thousand dollars under asking, and this yeah. was after the couple their first offer they had to go in $20,000 over asking. So the next property, when I was advising them, be, you know what, I think this house is overpriced. I think we should go in 15 grand under. And they're like, well, how's that gonna work? You just told us we had to be <laughs> super aggressive and offer 20,000 over asking on the last property. I'm like, well, this property is priced wrong. Right? And there's really nothing here to support this value that they're asking. Yep. I'll have that conversation with the agent. And so we put the offer in and the offer was accepted with no counter offer, right? So nice. that was a, a great feeling. You know because really it's, it's not just about you can't just put anything up and put a million dollar tag on it there still has to be some value there yeah you can feel confident like if the value is there you're paying more but in the long run you're going to save through interest and all these other kind of ways
0: that's a great point that's a great point well i don't think i could have said it any better i mean there is always a cost to not pulling the trigger and not doing the things that maybe you need to do and if we look back historically from the beginning of time when real estate metrics have been tracked, they've always gone up. Yes, there's been dips, but it's always gone up. There is no nice single family home in a suburb community that you can buy for $15,000 anymore like you could in the 40s. It's not there and it never will be again. So just remember everybody, buyers out there, consult and be honest. Uh, Sorry, buyers agents and buyers out there, Remember, it is an investment in yourself, in your future, in your family, and in your generational wealth. Buy the real estate when the interest rates are low. Don't give all your money to the bank. Put the money in your pocket in the form of equity, in the form of tax breaks. Make sure that you're making an educated decision. And you're right, Kenny. If you're paying over, it's okay right now. Nobody likes to pay over. It's a bad feeling. But sometimes you've got to do that. And you know what? The only way you're ever going to get hurt is if you sell low. So buy high, sell high, buy high, buy low, sell high. No matter what, when you sell, always sell high. So sellers out there that are on the fence, it's time to sell. Give us a call and we're going to help you capitalize and tap into the equity that you've got in your property. And then we're going to help you navigate this crazy buyer world. I think that's it for us today. Kenny, anything else you wanted to add before we got out of here? Nope. I think we touched on a lot. Awesome, I love it. Well, listen, Rap Stars, this has been The Rap Show with your host, Kenny Fulton, and myself, Romeo Santos. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can reach us on social media. I'm at uh, Red Anchor Properties on social media, on Facebook, and also Instagram. You can also find me at Romeo Santos, and I'm also Real Estate Romeo on uh, TikTok and Real Estate Romeo on Instagram. Kenny, where can we find you?
1: Uh, Instagram is at Realtor. Kenny Fulton and uh you could always call or text me 443
0: beautiful and I'm 240-401-8023 rap stars we're out